Hello and welcome to your favourite teacher. I'm going to talk about the poem The Father's Bride by Charlotte Mew. So what I'll do is I'll read through the poem and then I'll talk about it in a little bit more depth, stanza by stanza, and make a few links to some key themes and perhaps some other poems um, that it might be useful to compare this one to. Three summers since I chose a maid, too young maybe, but more's to do at harvest time than bide and woo. When us was wed, she turned afraid of love and me and all things human. Like the shut of a winter's day, her smile went out and twant a woman more like a frightened fay. One night in the fall, she runned away. Out mung the sheep her bee, they, they said, should properly have been abed. But sure enough, she wasn't there, lying awake with her wide brown stare. So over seven acre field and up al along across the down, we chased her, flying like a hare, before out lanterns, to church town, all in a shiver and a scare. We caught her, fetched her home at last, and turned the key upon her fast. She does the work about the house, as well as most, but like a mouse, happy enough to chat and play, with birds and rabbits, and such as they, so long as menfolk keep away. Not near, not near, her eyes beseech, when one of us comes within reach, the women say that beasts in stalls look round like children at her call. I've heard, hardly heard her speak at all. Shy as a leveret, swift as he, straight and slight as a young larch tree. Sweet as the first wild violets she, to her wild self, but what to me? The short days shorten and the oaks are brown. The blue smoke rises to the low grey sky. One leaf in the still air falls slowly down. A magpie's spotted feathers lie. On the black earth spread white with rime. The berries redden up to Christmas time. What's Christmas time without there be some other in the house than we? She sleeps up in the attic there, a lone poor maid. Tis but a stare betwixt us, oh my God, the down, the soft young down of her, the brown, the brown of her, her eyes, her hair, her hair. Okay, it's quite a difficult poem actually to, um, to understand because there's so much of this that is um, using nature to represent feelings. And it was written by, as I said, Charlotte Mew, who was a Victorian poet and had a rather difficult life. Um, and she lived in poverty and many of her family suffered um, mental health problems and she was terrified of experiencing the same thing. Her poems um, tend to talk about different things and often are told using a male persona. Um, so she does here, obviously with the farmer's bride, this symbolises several different things um, for women in society at that time. Because we've got the natural world versus industrialisation um, and desire over fear. And also what we have here is, a, is an arrangement, a, a marital arrangement that hasn't been done um, in love. 
it's quite strange because the poem has the farmer of the speaker, but the, the focus of the poem is on the bride, and we see that in the reference to the title. But when we look at the title um, and we see that it's the farmer's bride, that really is her identity. Um, much like many women of this age, you belonged to your father and then you were married and you married your husband and you were theirs, they owned you. And we've got that with the apostrophe, um, with the ownership there, the farmer's bride. We don't learn this bride's name, we just know who she belongs to. So if we have a look, um, we've got a reference to time, so three summers since. So we know um, that even though this time has passed, it's still I chose a maid. We still don't have a name. Um, we still don't have a real identity. And that might represent actually that he still doesn't have a real identity for his wife. She's still referred to as the bride in this first sta stanza, which after three years of marriage, you'd think that she'd be more of a wife. Um, it seems like there's not really been much of an acceptance of her role, like the shut of a winter's day. So things being closed off, um, she's perhaps closed off from him. As soon as they were wed, she turned afraid. This is all from the first stanza. And he's listing the things that she's afraid of there, of love and me and all things human. So we have quite a pitiable image of this poor maid, um, which implies that it's perhaps a young lady. So this poor young woman um, who's young, too young maybe, if we look at that quote there, um, who's been married off to somebody and really she's very frightened of her situation. He's, he's slightly regretful, um, maybe, maybe there's a regretful tone that he was more preoccupied with other things. Um, at harvest time than bide and woo. So maybe their marriage, he didn't necessarily start things off on a great foot. We also learn from the first stanza that she ran away. So it really isn't a happy love's young dream. Um, we've got lots of natural imagery. And as we read through this, we see um, lots of references to um, animals and nature and straight away one night in the fall she ran away but like a little frightened fae we've got rhyme schemes throughout um i'll talk about that later so there's a few complex human emotions there because we we feel a little bit sorry for the narrator as well because we feel like his wife doesn't love him and we see that in some of the other poems where we look at failed relationships that you could make comparisons to here um, and reasons why relationships have failed. So if you looked at when we two parted, maybe the idea of secrecy and scandal, whereas here perhaps she was too young and he didn't make enough of an effort. So we've got her vulnerability seen in stanza one. Um, we also have the how negatively the wedding has impacted her. So her smile went out. Well, you could compare that to in neutral tones where the smile is compared to being deadly. Um, so there's a, f a few things there if you were going to make some comparisons with other love poems. The girl is likened to a frightened fae. Now, fae is a fairy, which not only does this dehumanise her, but shows how complex she is, how, how little he understands her. She's like mythical almost, um, which really shows kind of how this farmer, who we imagine to be sort of a bit gruff, not exactly in touch with his human emotions. 
Um, and he doesn't understand this girl that's now his bride. So in the second stanza, we, the, we have a reference to they, um, and that's talking about the villagers. So they support the farmer, and they, they've sort of hunt down this woman for him, which really highlights her isolation. This woman, not only does she not have an identity, she doesn't have a particularly high status, and she doesn't really have any power or any standing in the community. So the farmer seems to be part of this community. He says we, um, which is a collective pronoun. So we chased her l flying like a hare. Again, she's been, um, she's, they've used animalization here to show um, how far removed she is from a bride that you would expect. So you think of a hare as something you can't catch. It's something that exists only in nature. Um, and not something to be tamed, um, but that's what he's trying to do here. He's trying to tame his wife. Before out lanterns to church town, all in a shiver and a scare, we caught her again. This fear, almost like a caged animal um, that's being hunted. It's really not a particularly pleasant image when you think of a young woman who's run away from her husband. We caught her, fetched her home at last, and turned the key upon her fast. Oh, great. So she's been locked in now. It's not really a particularly pleasant image of young love and the start of a marriage. Lots of similes. Um, like a little frightened fae, we've got uh, flying like a hare, and like a mouse as we go into, into the third stanza. So these constant references to animals are, that's kind of as a farmer, that's probably something he's quite comfortable with. He's quite comfortable in understanding different animals and understanding nature. What he's not comfortable with, what he doesn't understand, is his new wife. And so the only way that he can try and explain what's happening, the, the narrator I mean, um, is through using all of this natural imagery. That's his comfort, that's his go-to. So... Um, so when we get to stanza three, we have a little bit of light relief. She's sort of now started doing the housework, but again, like a mouse, um, she's terrified of the farmer. And we've got another um, another collective pronoun, another collective pronoun with us, which sounds a little bit threatening, like it's her versus us, which is what we saw in the second stanza. Um, she's much happier being in nature, happy enough to chat and play with birds and rabbits. So she's not yet comfortable um, talking to him, being with him. And in fact, when anyone goes near her, her eyes tell them, not near, not, not near. And that repetition, that exclamation mark there in the poem, um, this is just what he's reading into her expression. Um, and the last line, I've hardly heard her speak at all feel a little bit sorry for the farmer here. I don't know if I'm supposed to or not. Um, but it is quite sad. He's not yet broken down the barriers to be able to communicate with his new wife. Um, and her vulnerable state um, makes him kind of unsure as to how to even start. Um, the reference to the women. Um, so these are obviously the women in the village. Um, it shows her different. She's different to these women. Again, she's isolated. She's alone. She's obviously young, um, and the women in, in this community—they are something removed from her. So, 
Shy as a leveret, swift as he, straight and slight as a young larch tree, sweet as the first wild violets, she to her wild self, but what to me? Um, well, as with a lot of the rhyming in this poem, it does make it quite light-hearted, um, but we've also got um, perhaps some sibilance here, and we see the pace as he's almost, uh, he's talking about her and and she it sounds like she's darting around shy as a leveret swift as he straight and slight as a young larch tree um so we've got the quite positive imagery of her but then but what to me and as always a but in a and anything at all whenever you get an extract at the moment you get but in particular in poem we have a shift in tone so whilst this stanza seems quite nice um and we've got the first wild violets, which seems like quite a positive image for her. We then have um, his rejection, but what to me? Um, and that being a like a rhetorical question at the end is, is significant for the structure. And we've got that short sentence, to her wild self, full stop, but what to me? Um, so the, the mood shifts in quite significantly there on the last line. Um, the short days shorten. So what this could mean, he, it's perhaps to, uh, he's using imagery as if it's turning into winter. The oaks are brown. It's like autumn time. Um, again, so it, it's like the natural world is is changing, and seasons are something that he understands. And by using this pathetic fallacy um, to describe his emotions, perhaps as we see the change from summer. Um, autumn and winter and that suggesting it's dying perhaps his patience um, is wearing thin perhaps he's feeling frustrated uh, and we certainly know that a lot of time has passed now and almost he kind of needs he feels the need for children maybe um, we see the colors become darker so we've got brown gray um, blue black red this could be a dark time that's approaching um, so, in fact, throughout this whole thing, the, the use of um, pathetic fallacy, natural imagery and colour, um, these are methods that the poet is using. So when you're asked, how does, a, how does the poet present feelings of blah in one poem or another, you need to be thinking they use natural imagery, they use colour imagery, they use pathetic fallacy. That's how you start those sentences. That's how you make those comparisons. And you pick out the evidence to support what you're saying. So a dark time is perhaps approaching. And then if we look at the last stanza, um, and because we feel his loneliness, might I also add, the berries redden up to Christmas time. Um, what's Christmas time without there be someone other in the house than we? Um, he's using we there um, as in... It seems like he's on his own, though, even though he's using we, because we know that she seems to sleep in the attic and they're not exactly a warm family unit. And he's he's hopeful for, for a family and children to enjoy Christmas time with. Um, she sleeps up in the attic there, alone, poor maid. So she's still referred to as, as maid, which is how we see her at the start. That repetition keeps her at her distance, not using her name. Tis but a stair betwixt us, that means between us. So there's only a stair between them. Oh my God, the down. 
the soft young down of her, the brown, the brown of her, her, her eyes, her hair, her hair. This last stanza is a bit strange, actually. Um, because we've got, she sleeps up there in the attic. We've got some sympathy, alone, poor maid. It, but it's just a stare between us. But then he seems to really lose control because even though there's only a stare between us, he's saying there's so much more between us. And we see then almost this like lustful um, loss of control at the end. Oh my God. So we've got exclamation marks there. The down, the soft young down. So we've got repetition and we see repetition a lot in this last stanza. But as he's almost getting his thoughts are running away with him, and the, the rhyme here is um, quite significant because all of these words are, are rhyming as he's repeating himself and stumbling over his words. The soft young down of her, the brown, the brown of her, her eyes, her hair, her hair. So all of this repetition um, shows his inability to sort of control his desires and emotions. The caesura in these lines suggests he's being just absolutely bombarded with images of her and the exclamation marks show he's feeling impatient um and to the last line the brown of her her eyes her hair her hair so he's very like lustful and the images are actually of things to do with her which is quite significant because the whole way through he's whenever he describes her he's describing her by using imagery using a simile using a metaphor um, and here he's actually just describing her eyes, her hair, and these are the specific things about her that he's humanising um, and lustful for. So, what really to say about this poem? Well, like some of the other poems um, in this cluster, the relationship isn't exactly a positive one, so there's pain, there's, there's loss, there's desire here, which um, we certainly see not just desire for her, but a desire for something to complete him slightly more when we look at the Christmas time and perhaps, you know, he's struggling with this unrequited love. Um, does he love her though? That's something you might have to discuss because he, I'm not sure he really knows how to love her. I'm not sure he really knows how to understand her. Um, and there's a few really nice things that you could compare if you are, if you are listening to this um, for your revision. You could compare this with when we two parted um, and the way in which people talk about their relationships and how they might use nature to, to talk about loss and longing um, and unrequited love is definitely something that you could talk about where, with when we two parted. And with neutral tones, again, we've got um, the, the use of pathetic fallacy, the use of natural imagery. There's really strong comparisons there that you could talk about um, the way in which the uh, desire is being presented, the, the smiles, the dehumanisation, I think, is something that's really key in, in A Farmer's Bride. And you could also link it with Profuria's Lover. So um, the things that you want to talk about is the way in which love is being put across in this instance. Because in, in each poem, um, an expression of love is different. With Farmer's Bride... Again, like the fact that we still don't know who she is. She's just this farmer's bride. There's a real warped sense of um, what, pity, whether we feel sorry for the speaker or the bride. And I think it's a bit of both. Um, and I definitely think there's a real lack of understanding and a lack of communication here. Okay, I hope that's been helpful.